Welcome to Harmony Talk, a podcast about doers and dreamers from all walks of life, art, science, business, social activism, and more. Today, our guest is an inventor, Keith Ganusky, who comes to us from Hawley, Pennsylvania. But first, I'm your host, Lisa Shampo, and this podcast is brought to you by A.M. Skyer, a third-generation family insurance business started in 1920. Well, welcome, Keith. First, a little bit of background about you. You are actually a school superintendent, the Wallenpawpack Area School District, about 3,000 students, and you just came through COVID, so I commend you for facing that challenge and still be standing here. And on top of all that, you just got a patent for your invention. Congratulations. Thank you, Lisa. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you wear another hat, which is as a firefighter. You've been a firefighter for about 30 years, and I believe this device for which you got the patent may have grown out of that experience. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about it? What is this device? What does it do? What does it look like? Absolutely. And Lisa, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm very excited about this new patent. It's certainly a product that merges my two worlds. My two worlds, as you mentioned, are firefighting and education. And over the years, I've been very fortunate to receive the training to help my community and those individuals who have sought help. And I wanted to think of a way in which I could outreach my arms to help many people. It's always been a dream of mine to help people. It's what I've done for my entire career. I just wanted my experiences to have a little bit more of a far-reaching effect. So what I did was I actually invented a safety badge. And this safety badge is more or less, if you could think of like a Swiss Army knife, where it's designed for many applications, but it's combined into one tool. And in the fire service, that's very common. We have multi-use tools that are easy to carry, compact, but can do many, many things because you just want to be able to have the ability to do many things with the least amount of equipment. I want to say cut the rope and slide down the ladder at the same time, but I don't know if you can do that with a badge. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's correct. So the idea with this badge was to create something that somebody has on their person at all times, that they have accessibility. Because we also know in schools that we have a number of devices that we can use for safety measures. However, sometimes when an emergency happens, you know, life gets in the way and we put those devices elsewhere. So I wanted to merge many of those things into one device that we are always wearing on our person that we could use in an emergency and not only in school, but out of school. So the application is very large range of applications. So for example, it is simply an identification badge that goes around your neck. It's lightweight, made out of plastic, and it holds your ID card, the original idea. It also has a compartment where you can put personal information or medical information. If someone were to find you and you had certain restrictions as to health history, medication application, whatever it may be, that is held within the badge. One of the more common components of the badge is the LED light. You know, a lot of times people are leaving and walking around at night and it's dark out. So the badge actually has an LED light that you can light up the pathway in front of you to lessen any type of tripping hazard. It also has a personal alarm on it so that if you were walking to your vehicle or you need to be found and you weren't incapacitated in some way, you would be able to hit a button on the badge and it would send off a very loud audible device 
consummate with the car alarm. And so again, if somebody is approaching you and you hit that thing, it's immediately gonna draw attention to that area. If you need to be found and you can't move, you can hit that button and people will come to your location. It also has a window punch. And the application in this is, again, multimodal in that if you're in your vehicle and you're submerging in water and you can't get out, you would have your ID badge to be able to break a window. If you were in a school, a classroom, a mall or someplace and you needed to get out of a window, you would have the ability to break out that window. It also has a seatbelt cutter embedded in it. So that again, going with that car application, if you were in your vehicle and you know your seatbelt gets jammed, you could cut yourself out of a seatbelt to remove yourself from the vehicle. On the back of the badge, this is a pretty cool function, it actually has a mirror. It's basically a piece of tape that has a mirror consistency and a mirror look to it. Obviously, that would be great to save you from embarrassing moments if you could see if you have something in your teeth. But on the other hand, if you were in a classroom per se, or in a store, and you needed to look out without exposing your head or body, you could simply use it as a mirroring device to look out to see if the hallway or your path of egress is clear without subjecting yourself to that potential harm. It also is set up with a key holder and organizer, so it will hold many keys, key fobs. The world of access is changing. It could be a fob, it could be a key, so this would be able to hold all of those keys. And it also has an embedded pen within the badge. So if there was something that you needed to write down, or sometimes there's just that time you need a pen, you have nothing to write with. And so uh, those nine functions are embedded into this badge. It has taken a tremendous amount of time and energy to develop it. But as you mentioned, I'm very excited to have recently received a patent for the badge. Well, outside of something in your teeth, it pretty much addressed some of my worst nightmares, the submerged car and so on. Were there any real life situations where you actually thought, boy, I wish we had something like this? Absolutely. Again, I actually served as the chairperson of our district safety team. And some of the concerns that I'm mentioning to you about going to your car late at night, actually injuries that have been sustained, staff members walking after a dance, 10 o'clock at night, very rural area, police force does a great job, but spread out among many, many miles. The fact that they have felt as though, you know, it'd be nice to have a light that we could see because there's been trip and falls within our district, but also that safety, that personal safety. And with my daughter going to college next year, I want her to have one of these badges with her at all time. I want her to be able to have that safety and security. And again, in some cases, it might be for a personal application, but it might be for that application where you pull up and you've just seen a vehicle submerged in the water and you can add assistance. Many of the devices that I mentioned that are embedded in this badge are standalone and I have them in my car. However, after days, weeks, months, years, they tend to find themselves to the bottom of the glove compartment. And if I really needed them in an emergency, I don't have that accessibility. So I really wanted to create something that was truly at a fingertips distance to be able to save someone's life. And you said it was really lightweight also. Yes, it is. We're actually waiting for the prototype to be built to give the exact weight of the badge itself. But we have the thickness done. We have that worked out, how big it is. The weight is going to be the one component that we're waiting on, but we do believe it's going to be comparable to the badge holders that you have now. Wow. I must say that at first I thought this device was only for emergency responders, but it's actually for everybody. 
absolutely applicable for everyone, no matter where you are, no matter your age. In most places of employment, ID badge are rather common and ID badge holders are rather common. And so if you're going to have to wear an ID badge, why not have something that does some other things to it that could potentially save your life or someone else's life? How did you come up with the idea for a mirror? We do active shooter trainings all the time within our schools, unfortunately. But in preparation for that, it's been talked about utilizing mirrors, looking down hallways and just kind of keeping your center of mass and your body, your critical structures protected. And so the use of a mirror would be able to allow you to look down the hall to see that the path is clear so you could evacuate you and your students in a safe manner. Absolutely. How difficult was it to get a patent? I understand that only about 50% of applicants actually get that patent. Yeah, that's a great question. So the development phase has been since August, where we've been, I've been working with an engineer to kind of bring this patent to fruition. My eyes have been open to the patent pending process and how much time and energy I actually hired a engineer to work with me. He's uh, down in Missouri. And Brian has been a wonderful asset to my team. I have a very small team, but every time we came up or I wanted to add something or change something, the ripple effect meant hours and hours of redesigning. Everything from changing the thickness from three quarters of an inch to a half an inch. Doesn't a quarter of an inch doesn't sound like a lot, but it certainly does when you have to now lay batteries on their side instead of standing up, which then reconfigures the circuit board that runs all of those other devices that I've said. So even though something so simplistic as the thickness of a quarter of an inch isn't a big deal, it equates to weeks worth of work in redesigning the entire patent. And then I hired a patent attorney to submit the patent on my behalf. And he was excellent, but again, required the attention to detail was unbelievable. And the amount of time and reviewing and revising the patent was rather spectacular and very time consuming. So we're in a very good position with it right now. I'm very happy with how it's turned out. I don't know that it's 100%, but it's as close as we can get right now. And now I'm looking to move forward with potential manufacturers of the product. Well, that's kind of my next question. Do you have a name for this device, by the way? Yeah, I just have it as the safety badge right now. I know it's not real exciting, but the idea is, is that as I move to manufacturing, whatever company would like to create it and actually utilize the patent that I have, then they would be able to come up with their own name for it. Any fancy name that they would have, they would be able to apply it. So for right now, it's a little slow, I guess. It's a little mundane in that it's just the safety badge. Well, you're riding on the success of the patent for sure, but the next step, the manufacturer. You said you're working on the prototype and then you have to seek out a manufacturer. Do you know how that works, that process? Do you actually go to safety companies? I've been fortunate over my career to attend many safety conferences, regardless of when I was a teacher or a building administrator. I always served on safety committees, so I was very fortunate that I would travel to different safety conferences, and I have many business cards and developed relationships with some of the safety companies that are really forefront in the production of school safety. And I thought I would start there. So for right now, I'm just doing some cold calling. I'm reaching out to some companies, setting up meetings with them. Most are asking for that prototype. So I've made calls. I haven't made any hard and fast arrangements for a meeting because I'm waiting for the prototype to be built so that I can sit down with them and have a conversation about how we move this forward. Wow. Well, that's a very exciting process, although I know it takes a lot of calling and so on and so forth. Was there anything that you feel you left out of the safety device? 
that you would have liked to have included? Yes. And I'm actually working on a second patent, which is oh. something that's <laughs> going to be utilized with the badge that I thought about a little bit after. In fact, I was going to make it one kind of unit, but after the advisement of my engineer and my attorney, they're going to be two separate patents. So uh, I am working on that. So as soon as I get that one done, Lisa, I'd love to come back and show you. You're not going to share that secret now, I can tell. (laughs) Unfortunately not, but I'd love to come back and show you the next step. Well, the very first Gnuski safety badge, we'll talk about that again for a second. Yes. What is your ultimate goal with it? I mean, do you want to see it on people everywhere or forgive me for asking, but do you want to make money from it, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, my number one goal when I started this out was to make it safe, make our school safer. And then as we kind of started to look into it, I saw the application growing and the need to grow in other areas. I would just like it to be mass produced. I think that that would be something that would be very special for me, knowing that, you know, that it's something that many people see the value in it and they like my idea and they see that it's something that could potentially save someone's life. And of course, I would never want anybody to be put in a position where their life is in jeopardy, but there's no monetary value that would give me satisfaction the way that knowing that my device actually had a positive impact on somebody's life. That would be my ultimate dream. Absolutely. Now, you're an educator, and I did read your resume, and I didn't see a whole lot of mechanical engineering there, and now you're working with an engineer, but you were somehow driven to make an actual tool, a device. So what got you into that sort of going down the rabbit hole of getting all those pieces to fit together? Absolutely. I thought of some of the things that would be readily used, what could be readily available. I took some time and I put a pretty large purchase on Amazon for all of these different items that I would like to embed in the badge. I actually had a cutout cardboard piece of my daughter's identification badge that I used as a template. And I literally sat down with super glue and these components and built it. I have it here. If this thing goes wild, maybe it'll be in a museum one day. Who knows? But I put all of the components together. And a funny story, my wife was, you know, we had been talking about this and I had things, it was like an arts and crafts project. I had things all over the table. And she said, come on, when are you going to put your toys away? Right, right. You know, I thought that was funny because after it came together, it was something that was pretty cool. And it's something that, to be perfectly honest with you, I built about eight years ago. It's not something that was done recently. It was something that I did eight years ago. So wait, you've been doing the arts and crafts project, so to speak, for eight years? Well, it took me about a year to build it. And then life got in the way and I put it on the shelf. I listened to my wife. I put my toys away. Unfortunately, as shootings in our world, really our country have increased so much, it certainly has refreshed this idea. And one of my colleagues, Colleen Edwards, one day had mentioned that, hey, remember you, what did you ever do with that badge that you showed me? And I said, well, I still have it in the shoebox at home. And she said, are you interested in moving forward with that project? And I said, I certainly am. She introduced me to Henry Skyer. We had some discussions about the Dreamers and Doers Committee. I presented that in August. And honestly, it has been on the fast track since. Well, one of the uh, sister cohorts of this production, Harmony Talk, is the Applebaum Dreamers. And I think that was the committee to which you presented your idea. Absolutely. And they were unbelievably helpful in giving me feedback, ideas, tweaks, additions, things of that nature that I should look at. A step-by-step process put me in contact with individuals who could help me out. 
And it's been a wonderful process since. And so I'm not looking back now and too far into it. I'm going to see this thing all the way through the end. I'm going to see my next patent through the end. And, you know, hopefully it leads to mass production and everyone has access to it. So I think we have a Ben Franklin in our midst. Any f- <laughs> <laughs> sort of the, the key and the lightning rod. and <laughs> That's quite an honor. That's quite a standard to live up to. I'm not sure about Ben Franklin. Do you like any particular inventors? Have you actually researched inventing as a maybe a second career to your education status? Not really. My career is certainly education. That's my love. That's my passion. Of course, being in the emergency service is my second career full-time volunteer job. And so as things come up, I just have different ideas. I'm going to work on these two patents. My father always said, you know, do one or two things really well instead of many things okay. And so I really want to stay focused on these two. I think that these two patents are really exciting me. People that I show and I've talked to are equally excited. And then we'll see it goes from there. Who knows? You know, I'm only 45. I got a long life to live, hopefully. And so (laughs) if there's other inventions that I think of in the middle of the night, then I'll certainly put them to paper. And I hope that your, well, your wife, of course, supports you. I know that she does, but yes. Well, I wish you the best of luck. What a great journey it's been for you with the first patent and very successful. And I think your father was right. Do a couple of things well, rather than trying to do many, many things at once. Yes, absolutely. I wish you the best of luck, and I thank you so much for talking with us. As I said, it was a great journey, and you are where you are, and the next step should be terrific as well. Keep us posted. I certainly will, Lisa. Thank you so much for your time and allowing me to share my experience. Thank you very much, Keith. This podcast was brought to you by A.M. Skyer, a third-generation family insurance business founded in 1920. Talk to you next time.